0: Associates, so this episode is a recording from class on Monday, April 25th, and we actually spent a lot of time talking about cover letters um, as kind of a request in a a thing that maybe doesn't get covered enough in class. And so we talk about some, you know, basic foundations, tenets of traditional cover letters, and then I just share from my perspective on hiring committees and just what I am choosing to do, um, ways that you might, um, you know address it, change it, or just be inspired to make sure your cover letter represents and reflects the best of you. All right, let's go back in time. Hi. Hi. Congratulations. We made it to to the end. Wow. Yay. We did it. Uh, and uh, think overall hopefully is a successful semester and journey. So uh, this week we are going to talk about just some kind of um, extra wrap-up little pieces, some things that you know have been requested. Uh, Like today spending a little bit more time on cover letters and sort of the job hunt again, how to connect some of the things you've been doing in this class and all your classes to the Job hunt or internship hunt um, as as that time comes around, and then Wednesday um, we're going to talk a lot about the final presentation and just like finals week, um, last chance for your questions, comments, concerns about your final project, your portfolio, what to turn in, uh, and then Friday, unless something changes with the admissions event, no class because I will be. Over there giving a presentation. So that is our goal for today and for this week. I'm super excited Um, and of course this this is the week if you are like I don't know if this client projects gonna come together I don't know what to do on my portfolio come visit me we need to have a you know real chat Um, so get on my calendar It can be zoom it can be in person uh, but this is definitely the week to really brainstorm and talk about what's going on, what options we have, and how to end the semester. Alrighty, Cool, cool, cool. So to start, wondering. So we talked about resumes right, a couple weeks ago and kind of breezed over the idea of a cover letter, um, just because full kind of um, job landscape-wise, becoming less common. Um, But I do think in our industries, right, every job application, our our types of people are gonna be going after are gonna say, we want somebody with excellent, you know, written and verbal communication skills. Um, And so I think it is probably more likely that you will submit cover letters for our role of marketing, communication, PR, social media um, than not. So uh, as you all voted last week, we're gonna talk about some specific examples. All right, twos, threes, definitely interesting. And I feel that one of my goals, after we look at some examples, is hopefully get you started on a little bit of at least a template. I think one of, at least for me, the the hardest part about writing cover letters is always starting a new one. And then once you kind of have the vibe down, it gets a little bit easier. All right, so twos and threes, hopefully, you know, you'll start moving closer to threes and fours after today. Cool. Make sure there's no questions. Perfect. Ooh, nice. Already a four. Yes. Get those covered letters in. Cool. All right. So just a couple kind of basic, basic basics. Uh, and of course as a note, What I'm sharing comes from a combination of, yes, what traditional textbooks say, what our Center for Career Readiness says, what some industry articles I was reading on LinkedIn says, as well as my personal experience, as is how I've lectured to you all semester. So it is that really great combination. Um, But, you know, you have to think critically. You have to write a document that you feel captures you, that you are proud of. And, you know, sometimes, depending on your place and privilege and how much you want to take a risk, you can definitely diverge. But we're gonna go with like that very standard kind of idea to start. Um, so your cover letters really need to do two things no matter what. Probably wanna identify the position and the company. So when people say, oh, you should be tailoring your cover letters, this is one of those places they're really talking about. You know, Every cover letter you write should specifically say, to this company, here's how my values match your mission statement is a great like, template idea to use. And for this position. And so, you know, when I'm sitting on search committees, and I've definitely seen this come through, and immediately I can tell which ones were just sent out blanket to everybody because it doesn't say anything about, you know, working at UNC or working in our office, our division. It just is like, I could be a good fit for your company. It's like super obvious. Don't do that. So definitely take the time to actually say, I am a good fit for you for this position, I'm applying to because. Um, And so I'd say in your cover letter kind of template, it's in that opening paragraph where you do a lot of that tailoring to show them, I at least took the time to like, you know, submit this cover letter specifically for you. It goes a long way. Um, And so as you identify kind of your action items, again, introduce yourself, keep it focused on them. Right? So you're going to use I in your cover letter a lot. Of course, it is describing what you have done, but one of the other biggest kind of, um, not necessarily mistakes, but things that I see that are definitely a turn off for me and the committee people that I've sat on with is when it's all about you. I want this job because I want to do this and this job is going to help me get here and this job is going to help my career. Like, Yes, it's a mutually beneficial situation, but like don't be so you-focused. Instead, be them-focused. Hey? I have these experiences that are gonna help your team accomplish this. I'm gonna help your company mission. I'm gonna help you tell your brand story. Right? So make it feel like, oh, you're gonna be a value and an asset to us as a company, rather than you're just like using us. Right? Even if like low-key, you are. You don't tell them that. Come on now. Um, So definitely keep it them focused and then demonstrate you actually know the company and the position. So again, this is where that tailoring comes in. So if you have this, you know, cover letter that initially you wrote for, I don't know, maybe more social media content marketing, but then you decide, oh, I'm going to apply for this kind of general PR spokesperson role. Definitely you have experiences, qualifications, like you could do that. But if in the beginning your whole intro paragraph is all about the social media strategy, And it's going to be a real signal to me that like you didn't actually read what position you're now applying for. So take that time. Just make sure to kind of tailor it. Um, And I'll show you I I posted like four examples of of where it's like very close to the same cover letter because it is my template. It's still the same like I've done the same projects, but framing them for the different types of positions I was applying for. So that's kind of the first part. That's going to be your intro paragraph. Really, you should try to strive for these goals. Then the rest of your cover letter, another paragraph, maybe two. You know, we do want to keep it to a page, usually, is really where you just want to show how your skills meet their needs. Again, you will identify, based on the position description itself, they say, we need somebody with strong analytical skills to evaluate our strategy. Somewhere in your body, you should say, and I have strong analytical skills to evaluate problems and data, and I did that in XYZ project. Right? So kind of it can be helpful to mirror some of their language, which then shows them that, again, you read the position and you understand it and have thought through, like, why you want this position, why you'd be good in this position. Um, and it shows you also. It helps you kind of prepare for that. So expand on your resume with examples, match their language, I would say are the two action items as you are building your cover letters, no matter you know what realm, what position that you're applying for. Traditionally, and this is where I say, you know, textbooks say one thing, that's great. You build on it with what you have observed in some personal experiences. So our textbooks tend to say. Your cover letter needs to entice them to read your resume and your application and get them excited about you, which, yes. In my experience, though, me and pretty much everyone I've served on a committee with, we read your resume first and decide if it's worth reading your cover letter. So, with that in mind, I always like to take the approach of, I assume that you looked at my resume and decided I would like to learn a little bit more. So I really try to like expand further under that assumption you already know that I you know, graduated with this degree. You kind of already know what my like job positions are, um, rather than the other way around. So some of these examples, again, very traditional. And if you're not a big risk taker, maybe you stick with a very traditional format. Um, but a lot of them have allusions to like, oh, and you'll see on my resume. Um, which again, in, in application, I just always see it the other way around. Like, I've already read your resume. You interested me enough in your experience that I want to actually know your voice, your stories, your examples. Um, And so that's one kind of difference and distinction I think I have been seeing. So, when I say expand, don't just relist I'm getting this bachelor's degree and I worked at this place and this job and I did this responsibility. Like, it's easier for me to see that on your resume. Don't make me like read a whole paragraph in what you could have put in a bullet point. You know what I mean? Expand. Cool. All right. So I also just like very hard to read one. I did upload this PDF to Canvas. I just like scanned these this morning, but one kind of example that I just wanted to point out, right? And so this is one textbook I used a couple years ago when I taught, um, technical writing. But so with this, I'm going to read this itty bitty little passage here. That's just really about, again, being concrete, because everybody's going to say, I work hard. I am passionate about your mission. I love telling stories and communication. Like, yeah, of course you do. That's why you got a comm or a journalism or a marketing major. Like, that's why you're applying to this job. So instead, we want to be a little bit more specific with a you attitude. So in this example, Show how it would be uh, to the employer's advantage to hire you. The following paragraph does all these things and is an excellent example of the you attitude in action, right? So they're saying the advertisement for this position indicated that extensive interaction with international colleagues, especially from South America, would be expected. So, right there, they're saying, I actually read the position. I understand, like, you're an international company. In marketing, very likely, you could be doing that. I don't know. Uh, I would like to note that I studied Spanish and Portuguese in college and have a high fluency in both languages. So again, kind of tailoring. Yeah, would that be listed on the resume? Sure. But in this context, good to re-mention it here. I also visited Argentina and Brazil two years ago for a six-week intensive summer session. That's a great example, I think, of expanding because you might not directly say, oh yeah, I studied abroad. Maybe it's on your resume. Maybe it doesn't deserve that much space on your resume, but it definitely deserves being mentioned in your cover letter if you're applying for a marketing position in a global context or you know, insert whatever application makes sense. I'm familiar with the major cities as well as the history, key traditions. I would be confident and articulate rep- as a representative of the company. Very particular voice. But the big picture to take out of that um, kind of excerpt is one They're focused on kind of more of a you. I have these experiences that will help me represent you. Right? That will help me connect with your clients and expand it. Not just saying, oh, yeah, I'm fluent in Spanish. It's like I studied these and I took the time to travel. that kind of makes sense with that general example? So be thinking about as you're kind of editing and writing your cover letters, are you just restating a basic thing from your resume that we already read, or are you building on it with a little bit more information and a little bit more tailoring to how you understand that would relate to the position? Yeah? Cool. And this whole page has all sorts of good tips. Again, you can read more of it um, in Canvas. I, I updated the lecture page for you. Okay, This one, this has an example of a completed cover letter but really the kind of the big things to recognize and also some, again, differences in what textbook says versus what I have experienced out in the wild, if you will. So conventionally, right, we put things like our street address conventionally. Yes. In practice, I don't really care what your street address is. If anything, email address, you know, your digital address, your LinkedIn. Yes. Uh, Street address, you're always going to be filling that information into the, like, application system. They, like, pretty much always ask you for that. Um, And so at least the system UNC uses, like, when I click on an applicant, like, I see all that info. I see your address. I even see, like, your major, your degree, all of that before I even read your cover letter. So I've kind of decided I'm not going to waste that space with information that you already get to see. And I've stopped doing that. Again, diverging from what the textbook says, you decide what's important to you. Um, then the other kind of thing that we do and this, again, I've just uh, revised a little bit, it depends. But here they're just saying the positions, like the company's address. This is another just way to signal to them, I'm not sending out a blanket cover letter. Like I took the time to actually find your address address it specifically to you. And so I think, if anything, that's the value there. Again, I decided I wanted to spend more of my page telling you about my stuff, Um, and so I kind of shrink this down. Um, But again, mileage will vary. I've never read a cover letter and been like, ugh, they didn't put the address on there. Maybe a hiring manager would. Again, you decide. You want to be very traditional. Where do you feel comfortable, you know, kind of pushing the boundaries? Then, of course, we want to make it out to somebody, if possible. Uh, when in doubt, you know, I just say hiring committee or like the department. Sometimes I go with the department I'm applying to. Again, show them I recognize I'm applying for a job in the you know department of marketing and communication, or wherever you're applying to. Oh my gosh. Okay, and then right, the other just big things to notice. It's just a standard letter. We don't want to double space it. Do single spacing. Double spacing is very much like a classroom thing. It kind of goes back originally to when we used to like grade your papers by hand. It was easier for like teachers to write in comments. Um, but very rarely have I ever seen double space like out again in, in the professional wild. Um, it really is so much more of like a, I don't know, school academic thing. Uh, So don't double space your cover letter. Also, if you double space it, you're going to cut the amount of content that you can even provide them in half, and that's just not making the page work very hard for you. Um, Also we don't traditionally indent it, this just goes back to traditions of technical professional writing. Um, So instead of indenting, you just put one extra space to indicate a new paragraph. But you do want to have paragraphs, right? You want to have solid intro right? Tailoring it to the position, then a paragraph or two about your experiences. And then you sign it off with a conclusion, kind of just like a standard letter. Um, And then things like this, enclosure, again, kind of a traditional textbook thing to do. Yeah. I know that you've included your resume. I probably already read it. It's literally attached to your application in my like tracking system. Um, And so mileage will vary. You can put it on there if you want to. Probably not as functional as it used to be when we literally sent packets to people's like physical locations. Makes sense. Cool. So this is also in Canvas if you want to like really read through some more of like the specifics that they're saying in the examples. But I'd say your big picture. Just make sure single space it. Do write paragraphs. Write complete sentences. This is a chance for you to show them your ability to write. Make sure it's organized, topic sentences, all that good stuff that hopefully you have been doing your whole college career. All right, so how do you just kind of react? How do some of these suggestions, you know, and the differences between what the textbook kind of says, what I've said, just react. How does that uh, align or diverge or just interact with knowledge that you already have about cover letters, maybe advice you got from, I don't know, your parents or other professors. What are some thoughts that you have about traditional cover letter situations? And one of the reasons why I ask this, again, your cover letter, when you read over it, you should right feel a sense of one pride, like yes, Look at all these cool things I did. Like I would be so good for that job. Um, and if you don't feel those things in your cover letter, probably right, it's because you're selling yourself short and you're not giving yourself the credit that you have done right in class or projects or internships or you know other kind of jobs, clubs, organizations that you have served. Um, and so you really want to be thinking about: Is there a way that makes you feel like, wow, I am communicating how awesome I am? Um, and you have some room to kind of play with that. Mm Mm-hmm left off. Yep. Keeping the company's address. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm yeah, definitely. I feel like they take up a lot of space, those headers, and we're not mailing documents or faxing documents anymore. It's being uploaded and linked directly to like your account. So just like, it's not really functional anymore. Sometimes we need to change when it's not adding value. Love that. Um, yep, knowledge is helpful. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know, maybe nobody has ever said this out loud to you. Hopefully, they have. I maybe you've realized already, but yeah. One textbooks, even though they go through a lot of editors, a lot of input, at the end of the day, are written by one or two people. So we're always going to be limited by their perspective. The editing process, they go through like minimum probably a year before it's even going to get published, maybe another year before it sells. So yeah, textbooks do tend to get outdated pretty quickly and the job market especially is like boom, boom, boom. Um, So we just always want to be critical. Take inspiration, see what seems lasting, you know, but we've got to use our own critical thinking there as well. Love that. Wording, what can be left out. Sometimes we do have to make very intentional choices of what to cut. And for me, I always go back to did I already say this on my resume? Did my resume say this better? And if so, then I choose something else, right? That isn't on my resume, so I'm always expanding, um, is, is advice that has helped me anyway. Mm-hmm. Nothing new? That's good. I mean, it is a pretty standard document. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. A lot of cover letters do have the addresses and, again, you decide what you are comfortable with. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Ooh, I really love this comment. What is the point of a cover letter and a resume? And so it is a good question that you have to kind of reconcile with. And so, again, when hiring people, where, and this really in several cases made the difference of our committee, offering an interview versus you not making the cut, or that person not making the cut. Resumes, especially as you're going in these particular jobs and industries, tend to look very, very similar. Earlier this semester we talked about, there are almost 4,000 universities in the US, and like most of them offer a degree in journalism, English, communication, marketing. And you're taking classes that are all very similar. Um, and, the, and the fact you're in a journalism program means that you are taking a particular curriculum. Right? So those aspects, kind of everyone's resume looks very similar. Most people are involved in some sort of club, organization. Most of them, right, going into our fields, maybe did something with the PR or the communication team on those clubs. Uh, most people in college worked at maybe restaurants, worked on campus, uh, maybe, you know, the ones that stand out a little bit more, maybe they were like you know, student ambassadors the tie into communication, but still very, very common. So as you get further into your career, more specialized, you're gonna start competing, if you will, with people whose resumes look very similar to yours. That's just how it is, right? So I would say the point of a resume, you still need to tell them, here's me on a piece of paper, here are my credentials, here's some of the stuff that I've done, and then the cover letter is your opportunity to help you stand out from the next person's resume because you all did different specifics, right? Even though you had the same general maybe classes, same general projects, maybe you all you know, worked at similar places, like your approach to it, your perspective, the way that you learned and grew from those opportunities is where some of that difference lies. Um, and so we definitely on like this last committee that was for a an office manager position, so I think the most applicable to what you all could go into was like a lot of these resumes, very very similar. Um, and one person had a really short, very vague cover letter, and the other person with an almost identical resume talked more specifically about how they had helped like the admissions office that they like interned at set up this new like tracking system and worked on different flyers and just gave us more details. And we chose to interview that person instead so the point they complement each other cover letters are your opportunity to kind of share your point of view and also somebody who barely writes a cover letter or goes for like one paragraph it does communicate at least to to me and the people i've worked with um something about your work ethic a little bit too if you're claiming i'm such a hard worker and i have so much attention to detail and i can do this and this and this but like you can't even be bothered to write like a solid cover letter. Do you really have the work ethic you think you do? I don't know. It's a question that you have to answer for yourself. Wow. This is awesome. Great, great talks. Ooh, love it. All right. So this is a cover letter example from the center of career readiness. So you can like follow this link. You know, they have also a template if you want to get started, but a few things you notice. Okay. Yep. They put the address. Cool. Again, that is standard. You decide if that feels important to you. Um, and then they have the employer's address. Definitely pretty standard. Again, opportunity to kind of tailor it. Um, and so it'll be kind of a second to read through it. And then I'm going to ask you for kind of your, your thoughts on it. Um, can you all like read it okay? Do I need to read it out loud? I think you can read it. I'm interested in here's the company cool 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 talk about their education a little bit why they're interested and then they wrap up with a conclusion so you're the hiring manager right put yourself in those shoes very likely someday you will be in the position to hire somebody on your team you might sit on a committee certainly what are some of the bright spots and Interestingly, what are some of the growth areas as you're reading it? It can be critical. Like, imagine it's your job to hire somebody. Are there any things to that letter that you're like, ugh, why'd you just make me read that? Or some bright spots? So, right. Oh, I agree. This definitely stood out to me as the strongest of the three, four paragraphs. Um, and they were called the guest, that well, was like from the company, why it made an impre- impression, like, Kind of speaks actually to like they understand the value, the missions. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of repetition in this one as well. Yes, the presentation. Exactly. Oh yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, thanking the employer for the opportunity. Uh, again, very uh, traditional, textbooky thing to do. If it feels right to you, like great. Like it's never going to be a bad thing to thank them, but also it's like, I don't know, you posted the position, obviously you wanted me to apply. That's just me. Um, It depends on we'll see how I I choose to end things, but I definitely also when reading cover letters, I've never thought how dare they not express gratitude that we opened a position for them to apply for. I've just never had that thought cross my mind. Of course, though. If it feels kind and polite and good for you to end it that way, then like that is a great traditional ending for you to do. hmm Cool. Networking impressions, exactly. Love that. So the way that you were able to critique and really kind of think about that example cover letter, I encourage you to do for your own cover letters. So you write them. Take a beat and then put yourself in the mind of, like, I am not, you know, reading my own work, right? Read it like a hiring manager and kind of try to answer and pick out what do you like? What don't you like for yourself? Love that. All right. Um, I'm just going to talk to you a few examples and suppose here. So, um, in the, you know, module this week, I did w- go ahead and link them for you uh, a few notes. Right, these are the ones I've literally recently been applying for. Of course, I have felt successful in my past job hunting endeavors, right? Lots of internships, and I got, you know, this job at UNC, I got this new job at UNC, and I've kind of been using that same basic format. So I feel confident in it, but I don't know. Take what you like, take the bright spots that resonate take the growth areas you don't like about what I'm doing and make it apply to your own stuff. So a few you think? So, if, um, when they're still open, I did link the job description. So you kind of compare how I tailored it, but a few of them like are closed now and I never heard anything back. And that's also super common. Job hunting is a hundred percent a numbers game. I was talking to uh, Katie, who's our office manager that we ended up hiring and I was like, how many, like what was your job hunt like? because she just graduated with a bachelor's degree, right? Uh, And she told me that she applied to 93 jobs. She heard back either way, a yes or a no from 17 of those, and she had interviews with five and offers from two. So, it's just a numbers game, right? You just gotta be applying constantly. Similarly, when my partner just got his new job, like, what is your process like? And he said he was applying to like, one to two jobs a week for like a couple months, just kind of like on and off. So, you know, he applied to like 40 or 50 before finally, right, getting this interview and offer. So, you know, he's got to plan ahead and plan to apply to a lot of stuff. 4,000 colleges in the U S it's a numbers game. All right. So this first one, let's take a quick peek. Um, Uh, advancement marketing and communications, and the main things to kind of look at and think about when tailoring your resume right, you go through this first part of the job description almost always, right, it's going to be about the position, about the company. These opening paragraphs are where you can draw on keywords and terms and values to start your opening, right? So you can kind of almost mirror your template to their template, right? Our introduction. Talks about, here's the position. Here's why I like this. Here's how I'm gonna help you. And this is where they're saying, here's what we do. Here's what we need help with, right? Um, And so we can kind of pull out some really great stuff from there, the responsibilities, who you're reporting to. Um, And then in your next couple paragraphs, the body, you wanna pull from some of the functions. And this is where I always look to find some of the exact like skills and experiences and language. And so if they, say something in a very particular way, like I will change my cover letter to reflect that kind of particular way that they phrase it um, to yeah, and just like align with what they're talking about. And then I also like to focus, I personally focus a little bit less on the core functions in my cover letter and a little bit more on the qualifications, being like you said you needed this, I have this, right? Um, and that's where I kind of go right so they talk about like creative and strategic thought um, all these communication skills that's going to be very common for us so you can always have a bullet point ready for that Um, and of course some of their mission so that was that one and here's what my document looks like for better or worse I don't know we'll see uh, oh, this was the one when we looked at LinkedIn that Colby, they were like creeping on my LinkedIn profile, so we'll assume somebody read it. Have yet to hear anything though. Okay, fine. We'll download you. Do to do. All right. So again, I'm comfortable taking a little bit more risks because I don't need a job necessarily. I just want one, right? Um, so instead of my physical address, I chose to just put my digital address um and then i decided i liked putting the position at the top instead of the address i don't know and you decide what works for you i thought it was more meaningful but you know you you got to do you all right so a few other things introduction right we want to establish how you are going to be a value to the company and to the position, and that you tailored it to the position. So what I always do, I pretty much leave this first sentence always. Because again, I can't fundamentally change the projects and experiences that I have. Like I have, will always, no matter what job I'm applying for, worked with web, socials, video, event planning, community outreach. Like those are just like the core of my experiences. So I'm not really gonna change that too much. I do sometimes, but not much but where I do always change it is how I'm going to apply, right this knowledge to, then I insert the company's name um, and the position. So I take that extra time. It doesn't take me long. I Like now that I have my templates done, I can like pump out new tailored cover letters like in less than 20 minutes in different jobs. Um, so that's where I always mark, okay, here's the company, here's the position um, and like the, uh, 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 Department or whatever that I'm working within. And then again, I kind of took it as right, I have these skills, experiences, translates to the core things you said you needed in a successful, and then sometimes they change this back end to be like, you know, specific to what they're calling it or what they want. So in this case, a champion for university advancement, because that's what they said this director is going to be doing. Um, and so then, this is where I do a little bit more tailoring. Um, but again, it doesn't take me too long because I sort of have these different bullet points blocked out in my master template and I just have to like, drop which ones are most appropriate and like adjust it. So since this is a higher ed position and they explicitly said, to work for university advancement, we like somebody who has worked in higher ed. Other jobs, I don't necessarily emphasize that as much. So experience working in higher ed even though you've seen it maybe on my resume, going to expand. Not only have I been in higher ed for a while, I've worked in a classroom, I've been an advisor, a success coach, you know, now I'm working behind the scenes, like I've experienced a lot within higher ed. Same, you want us to be able to make a bunch of different stuff. I outline all the different programs, stuff. I've started doing hyperlinks in mine. Again, textbooks aren't going to tell you to do that. I don't know, I figure. I'm turning this in digitally anyway. I'm using good hyperlinking principles. You could read it without opening the hyperlink. Why not? No one's ever told me why not, so I just do it. I don't know. Um, and then you know how I end. In addition to your basic qualifications, I can do this, this, and this, ending with something a little pithy, oh, and I guess I did thank them for your time. Sometimes I don't. Maybe this time I did. It depends how much space I have left. right? So there's like kind of one example. Let's look at one that isn't as directly a higher ed situation. Okay. So right, that was advancement marketing at a college. Let's look at this muckrack one instead. Muckrack is you know that um, kind of PR software company. You might have seen them in other classes. We've looked at their blog in this class before. So they have this communications manager role. Right? Again, here's where I'm going to dive into a lot of what they're saying um, they want in their leader and in their like, values, one to one. They give you that intro, you can translate it to your intro. What you'll do, okay, lots of stuff that right, even we've been practicing in class, so you could apply to this type of job, right? Um, and then you know how success will be measured, additional details. Do I have five to seven years of experience? No, but I'm gonna let them decide, right? If they wanna exclude me from that. Also, education makes a weird, like, does it count? I don't know, maybe. Um, And then one thing I actually really appreciated, they gave an overview of what the hiring timeline would look like, kinda, which is not a typical thing, but I thought that was really cool. However, it is pretty difficult, I think, to have multiple interviews, it's getting more and more difficult to have some sort of assignment or skills test, um, so that's all very exciting. So here is the difference between what I did for a college versus, you know what we'll call an industry, uh, industry letter. Open. All right, so this stays the same, except I of course just adjust this to match the new title. They said my first interview was going to be with the talent team. so) I decided to make it out to the talent team because right, they're gonna decide the first round. That was kind of my logic um, since I still couldn't really find like a specific person. Sometimes a job description will literally say, this person will oversee you. This person you know, posted it, and if that's the case, then you could put that person's name. Uh, again, I've never been too upset either way when reading cover letters, but you know, mileage will vary. All right, so here I, I right, kept this pretty much the same again. Always going to be working with web, socials, video, event planning. That is what I that's what I do. But here's where I adjusted it to some of the things that they said were their measurements for success. Right, so they said we need somebody that can get media coverage, attend and host speaking engagements, and like distribute employee surveys. So on the last one where I was just like, "Oh, yeah, like I could just help your team succeed. Now I'm being very specific, saying, "You said you're going to measure a successful person in these three areas." I read that, I recognized it, I'm mentioning it there. So that's kind of one way that I tailored this one to be a little bit different. Um, and should have proofread a little bit better. Sometimes you do that, and you're like, "Ah, shoot! Could have spent one more pass on it, but that's okay." It is what it is it's a representation of the work that I put into it what can we say Um, but I did want to build on yes I can build relationships with diverse people here's my connections how I've done it for the muckrack brand and then before you know where I just said oh to champion like university relations now I'm saying I can be a champion for your work remotely forever because that was a specific brand story the position said you'd be working on and so just pick out specific things from the position and connect it in. Then we can see tailoring my bullet points. Instead of I worked in higher ed, now it's here's my communication skills. Here's the things that I've done in those communication skills. Again, linking some really big things I want them to know that I have worked on or accomplished. They specifically said we need somebody who can think like a journalist to pitch and research stories. So I directly said I have the ability to think like a journalist and pitch stories and Here's why, here's how, here's stuff that I didn't tell you on the resume um, that I have been able to do. Same, people management, leadership, here's why, here's how, here's building on my resume. And then I just kind of wrap it up. say the big takeaway, and again, like, I don't know. I read this back and I feel proud and excited and like I fit the position that's kind of the best that we can do, but still sticking with those core tenets and traditions. Bullet points depends on the textbook. Some will say, do it. Others don't really mention it. Um, I've like passed this along to some of my colleagues who are like directors and have obviously hired a lot of people and they expressed positively about the idea. So that's why I'm going with it. Um, it also makes it very easy for me to tailor, switch out, connect my bullet points to the positions bullet points. But yeah, if it doesn't feel right for you, it feels too out of the box for you, then don't do it. But I was happy with that. Makes sense. Um, so, you can like read, again, I just like posted a few different ones. so You can just see examples of how to tailor it. At the end of the day, it has to feel right and it has to feel good for you and for that position. The last thing I just wanted to kind of go over real quick because I had showed you my resume at the beginning of the semester. um, And now I have updated it with a couple just new things. Again, I don't know. You've got to do what feels right for you using some of the basic expectations tenets, right? Uh, Summary. That has pretty much stayed the same since when I first showed it to you, but I did make some big changes to the education section. One thing I've noticed, while I like how different the sizing is on this, um, when I upload my resume into the applicant tracking systems, because of the way that I like bulleted it out like this, I every single time have to go back and manually update it because it thinks that alum of Colorado state is my like degree, because I have it next to the education. So just be aware the way that you literally format your resume, when you upload it into their systems, it's looking for those keywords, and it is parsing your info out. So you don't have to like fill in as much stuff. Um, and I have noticed setting it up this way has created, again, not a problem. I just go back and like manually fix it. Um, but it's just one thing that I noticed, it, it's not recognizing the education in the same way. Um, same with, since I fill it out current responsibilities this way, it always picks up adjunct faculty correctly, but it never picks up this job correctly. So I have to go back, make sure it gets updated. Why do we need to do that? Honestly, I don't know. HR, I guess, like for me on search committees, like I always just read the resume and I don't really see all the like info that you fill out, but whenever you're applying for jobs you still just have to like fill out all the info that's already on your resume. That's probably what takes honestly the longest when applying to jobs. Other things that I decided to do. I decided to just hyperlink all this stuff on my resume. Again, textbook never said to do that, but I thought, why wouldn't we? We use hyperlinks all the time, right, on web and on documents to share more information with people, to show them where it connects. So like. Why not do it on my resume? Worst case scenario, they don't click on it, but they can still read it. If I had to print it out and give it to somebody by hand, like, that's fine, they can just read it like a regular resume, and if they do click on it, like, cool, I don't know. So that's kind of my new thing, we're gonna test it out, and I can always go back and change it if I hate it later. Um, the other thing, Right? Resumes typically are going to be one page. Nobody really gets too mad anymore at two pages, any more than two pages. S- stop, make some edits. But do make sure your most important stuff is on the first page, just in case they don't want to read the second page. Um, and so that's why I chose, instead of doing all my jobs like here, when these ones, they just don't, I don't know, they're internships, they, they are weighed, outweighed by, by my newer experiences. But I wanted to make sure my media experiences um, and all the times I've done interviews and been on camera and that kind of stuff, which is important for PR, is on the first page. I used to have this on the second page and realize that's dumb. I want to highlight that more. Um, And so those are some of the decisions that I made. Last, last, last thing. I discovered something interesting on LinkedIn this week that you can try yourself. So if you go to your jobs remember we went to the jobs, you could do job searches there. If you go over to this resume builder, you can upload your resume or do this like create from profile. Um, And then you can type in like the job title that you want, right? So, you know, I would like to be some sort of communication specialist is a little, it's more of like what we would call entry level. So I'm gonna go for more of like a manager situation, click apply, and then it gives you these really cool like insights. Um, and so as you're finishing your resume, you might use LinkedIn this way and just kind of see, um, if you want a communication manager, it's gonna like pull out some of those good keywords that you have or have not embedded. So that can be a really great check. And then it, it's giving me suggested things that I should work on or add to my resume add to my portfolio, and so now I'm like, okay, I actually am starting to get some experience with budgeting. I have 11,000 a year in my budget for my team, so I'm starting to like get that skill. Maybe I'll go back and add it since they recommended that. Um, oh, somebody is calling me. Decline. Um, so that could be really cool. And then, of course, if you have premium, it will give you even more content, but that was just kind of an interesting, nice thing. And so I think you can do this for a bunch of different positions. again, figure out what keywords maybe you're missing, maybe you need um, to do a little bit more. Cool. All right. It's 11. Wow. Thanks for coming and participating today. I hope that this kind of uh, sets you on a course to start writing out your own cover letters. It's never too early to start building those out. Reminder, if you want, and just a set of eyes, set of perspective, I always comment in terms of maybe you should do this, think about this. Uh, Upload it to Canvas. There's a whole portal about resume, cover letter feedback. Some of you have already, um, but you can keep submitting drafts. And I'll just point out things from my perspective that you might consider or revisit. Um, Otherwise, visit my office. If you have other questions about your client projects, do the practice portals, do your practice exam. The final will open on Wednesday, and Wednesday we'll talk about final presentations, expectations for finals week. Sound good? Sound good? All right, thank you. Goodbye, everybody, goodbye.